it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey everyone, it's Brandy. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I absolutely enjoy bringing this awesome content to you. Look, beauty professionals, this show is for you. And I want to make sure we can continue to bring our awesome guests and awesome information to help empower the beauty community all over the world. You can help by doing your part in making a small donation. You can check our link in the show notes and donate right on Anchor, or we'll have another link available for you to do so. Thank you so much for supporting. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you're sharing it as well. As always, stay great. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's episode with you. Per the huge, I have a phenomenal show in store for you today. But first of all, I'm super excited because I love March. We're the first episode in March. And also March is Women's History Month, right? And so women have done so many awesome things to pave the way for us. And there's so many great women doing phenomenal things in their businesses and in their lives and making an impact on the world. So I'm just super excited about that. Today is National Women's Day. So let's just shout out and celebrate all the awesome women out there doing their thing. I want to share a quick quote today before we get into the episode. And this is one of Madam C.J. Walker's quotes. And I thought it would be great to share since it is National Women's Month and Women's Day. I had to make my own living and my own opportunity, but I made it. Don't sit down and wait for opportunities to come. Get up and make them. Madam C.J. Walker. And I think I definitely could see her saying it with some attitude for sure. And I think... um, It's a great quote because we do need to get up and make our own opportunities, right? And don't sit around and wait for anybody to give you anything or for opportunities to come create them. And that just encouraged me to keep creating my own opportunities. Here is a little bit of today's show. So I had a phenomenal um, interview with Dion Phillips and we had a great conversation about her awesome career being an eyelash extension expert, an esthetician, and working with celebrity clients in Hollywood. She was so gracious to be on the show. We had a phenomenal conversation. And here's a little bit about Dion. The pioneer of eyelash extensions dubbed the premier authority celebrity lash extensions and faux lash products. Beauty and business advisor established since 1998 with a keen eye and a skilled process that has took her business to a six-month waiting list to highly related beauty products on VH1, Good Morning America, The Doctors TV show, The Hallmark Channel, and so much more. She's worked with celebrities like Brandy and Serena Williams, Paris Hilton, just to name a few. So we had a phenomenal interview, and I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. And here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Dion Phillips. Welcome, Dion. Thanks for having me. How are you, Brandy? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Over here in sunny California, 
Um, I am so excited and honored to be on your podcast. So I'm loving to let's deep dive deep into this conversation. <laughs> awesome. I am as well. So before we do that, I like to get a fun fact. So tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Oh my God. One thing that most people won't know <laughs> is I used to be a stunt woman in Hollywood. So yes, what? a stunt woman. A stunt woman. Oh, yes. wow. <laughs> wow. What was that like? Fun. Literally, I just fell into the industry. So <laughs> um, that was fun. I actually, you know, back in the day, I used to be just always in the gym and always training um, fitness wise and also being a fitness model. Uh, a friend of mine was like, you'll be such a great candidate for doing stunts. And I was like, really? Stunts? So he's like, yeah, I got this commercial coming up. You should really just come on and be on, as a stunt woman. And I was like, all right, what I got to do? So I just showed up. And um, one job led to two jobs, led to me being in movies, led to them calling me, led to me like, okay, I don't really want to do this. This is not what my calling was, <laughs> but um, I still get checks to tell to, the, to this day, actually. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> that is so unique. Like I haven't met not one stunt woman yet. So you're the first stunt woman to be on a podcast. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> I was an ex-stunt woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. That is super cool. Super cool. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, I know. That's so, so cool. funny. I just remember being on the set of like Godzilla back in the day. You guys saw the movie Godzilla, and um, it was another one with Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. We had to use the same fish. They use the same fish they use in Godzilla when something blew up, or whatever, on set. And we it was so disgusting. But we were um, like fish workers in this fish market in New York City, and. Um, Goldie Hawn was trying to drive and Steve Martin, it was, something was happening. It was called the Out of Towners, the movie, if you guys see it. And they're driving through and we were mostly workers and the fish fly up in the air and we like leap out of the way right before the car comes towards us. So if you ever see those people leaping out of the way, those are stunt people. And every fall that you get it, um, you actually get paid for it. So every take that you get, you get take, uh, paid for it. And at the end, you get a bonus if the stunt coordinator, you know, um, gives us a bonus at the end. So that was fun. <laughs> it sounds like it. it's different. Like I, you know, I knew that they, you know, hire stunt people, but I didn't really know how that works. So yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing that. That's super cool. Yes. Yes. I had a lot of the things on like VHS, but that tells how old I am <laughs> that I'm trying to get transferred to digital so I can show like that time in my life doing commercials to doing, um, mostly movies at that time, behind the scenes of being a model, um, being a stunt woman. So that was just an extra check coming in, literally my side hustle then. <laughs> awesome. Nothing wrong with that at all. Right. So let's <laughs> share your beauty story with us. Like, how did you get started in the beauty industry? Like, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started. Oh, wow. That started so early. And didn't even really know where, you know, in your journey, you really, you know, you have all these thoughts of doing so many different things or maybe one, just one set thing. I just love the love of makeup. You know, my journey started, you know, when Seventeen Magazine used to have these contests and, and your picture was um, featured inside the magazine every month. 
if you sent your entry form in. So back then I would literally sit in front of the TV and fill out postcards of my name and address and for the entry for those 17 magazines until I won. And I think that was my earliest memory of me starting my beauty career because I wanted to win the big box of beauty products. That's all I cared about. <laughs> I didn't care about my picture being in the magazine. I wanted the, the big box of beauty products. So I would sit there and have my mom go buy stamps and me, you know, send those out. And I think that was the first time of my first recollection of recollection. What's the word? I'm just messing it up. Um, of me actually doing due diligence and having work ethic, filling out those postcards to win this beauty box. So eventually I did win. I was surprised that I won actually when it did come and my picture ended up in, in 17 magazine. And then um, I was like, oh my gosh. So that's the early on. And then next my mom had actually put me into this charm school back in the day. Um, and she was doing like local, like, church fashion shows. I we used to sit when sit and watch her. And I think that inspired me watching my mom, you know, walk in the living room with her friends or or people and practice. Um, so after that, I'm like, I want to do that. I want to go to a charm school or go to a school, um, which I didn't know at the time. My mom knew and she put us um, in charm school at the time to do early on pageants. So little beauty pageants started then. Um, and this is in Ohio. So you're in Detroit, Ohio, Michigan. Um, kind of similar. <laughs> um, so I started early on doing pageants from the charm school. And then those pageants, I was obsessed being, I wanted to be Miss Ohio, like from the early on, <laughs> you know? So um, that's my early recognition of, of um, starting my beauty career. And then it went on to me being a model um, with some, for some agencies in Toledo, also in Detroit, Michigan. Um, I was with an agency called Affiliate Models back then. And they would send me out for, for catalog jobs. And we've done so many catalogs. And then you're driving around to different states and to advertising agencies and shooting. And I was always a token black girl um, in a lot of these jobs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, from the modeling, uh, doing the catalog jobs came bigger jobs um, later on, which prompted me to get a huge job at like 19 years old. Was it 19 or 20 years old? You had to be 20 or something for liquor campaigns, over 18, whatever it was. And I booked this huge job that cost like, it was then, it was like $30,000 for a liquor campaign. And if you ever remember Wild Irish Rolls and <laughs> Wild Irish Rolls and Cisco Wine, I. <laughs> <laughs> I was the poster girl for those sexy ads in the liquor stores, which is kind of, if you think about it, it's kind of bad because they were in our, in our neighborhoods, you know, <laughs> but that job, um, and you prompted me to, um, go to New York. They flew me to New York to shoot, uh, for this advertising agency there. And then from that point, I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is what I clearly want to do. I mean, I knew I wanted to do it, but I really wanted to do it. So um, I worked my butt off going to auditions. I made sure I stayed in the gym. I made sure I ate right. Everything to make sure that my, um, they call them comp cards or Z cards here in California, um, your composite card, you know, mm -hmm. fit, the, fit the measurements and everything. When I walk through the door, I look like that card. So I, that's just the early um, memory of me starting my career into pageants and then into modeling. So yeah. 
Yeah. So how did you go from being the person who got all made up for these photo shoots and modeling and doing all these things to being the person that actually applied the makeup and do the services and the lashes? Like, how did you transition? I transitioned to helping people because um, I think other girls in my early stage, they loved my makeup. They loved my hair. They loved what I was doing. If it wasn't in Vogue at the time for me, um, Vogue magazine, that is from my charm school. I had, I had a teacher in charm school or I hate to say charm school because it sounds so old, but it was a modeling school. Um, she was like, you should know every designer, every makeup artist, every, you know, she taught me early on to understand that concept early on. And um, I had, you know, young girls and friends ask me for makeup. I started shooting their pictures. Um, photography and they start using them in local papers and things like that. So early on, I knew that I felt um, uh, a need to serve other people, to help other people, um, just because I was helping friends with their makeup and clothes or whatever it is. And that took it to the part of like, well, I really love serving people. And that's um, that memory of me helping everyone is how I really got started to applying makeup and, and lashes to other, everyone else. Yeah. Awesome. So how did you find your love for lashes? Because My you love for lashes. your brand yeah, with lashes. So how did you find your love for lashes? I, I've always been obsessed with eyes. You know, I was hoping to get all these mascaras in that makeup box when I did receive that box from Seventeen Magazine. Um, my love for lashes, lashes came from going to auditions. And at the time there was digital, there wasn't digital that much. It was Polaroid camera. And casting directors would have us standing against the wall and shoot our picture just head on or side profile um, just so they can um, give it to the advertising agency so they can decide who they want to pick for the job. Well, I saw in the Polaroid that my eyes didn't look well. They didn't, they didn't look how I wanted to look. <laughs> they didn't look like they looked in person. So I started cut, cutting up lashes at the time, strip lashes, and applying them singly into my eyes so you could look more natural. In auditions, you have to look natural. You can't come done up with dresses on and makeup, you have to be natural as possible. So I wanted to keep it super natural by cutting up these lashes and putting them on myself. <laughs> and that actually um, prompted me from the very beginning to really start applying lashes to other females. So, you know, then I started applying lashes when they come to my house for parties or whatever. I was always that girl, help people out with their weddings and my mom's friends and, um, just everyone and just being obsessed with how you see someone. When you look at someone in their eyes, you can tell if they've been through some something or if they're going through something or if they're happy and sad. It's just really intrigued me and really um, my early obsession started with cutting up lashes and putting them on myself. <laughs> Great. So when did you know this was like your career choice? Because you oh, were like wow. one of the first people to start doing these eyelash extensions and you create your own. So when did you really yeah. realize that this was like the career for you? This early on, I knew was the career for me. It was when Brandy and Serena Williams showed up in my kitchen. <laughs> That's when I knew that this was a career move for me. <laughs> then I was just trying to help everybody look good. You know what I mean? And when... Um, Later on, when I was back and forth to New York, Los Angeles, when, when my boyfriend, now husband, was out here to, for work, I would go to auditions out here in Los Angeles. Uh, and 
for a while, again, people were asking me, so who does your lashes? Who does your hair? And they didn't know about lashes. Who does your makeup? Um, who does your hair? Where'd you get that dress from or whatever it was? So I would just tell them and, you know, this is before Instagram. Um, you can't just push a click and, and then the store pops up. <laughs> anyway, so I would actually tell them like, well, come to the kitchen. I'll put some lashes on you. Didn't think it was a career or trying to run a business. And one led to two people, led to four people coming to my kitchen, led to literally a three month waiting list with Serena and Brandy um, talking about me on the red carpet, um, going to restaurants and other people overhearing them and, and they're talking about it. It was, it was just mayhem. And I knew that, okay, in order for me to keep track of my time management, um, the people coming in, cause some people, some women would come in to my, to my place like late. And I'm like, I have another person, like, how, how dare you come in here? So I had to set some boundaries early on and set a time management. I started, you know, researching software online. If there's like, I didn't know anything about, you know, a, a, um, the softwares except from when I was in, prior to that, when I was in New York, I went to esthetician school and didn't think, I just wanted to just learn how to make up for myself. Didn't think it was going to extend over to having a business at the time. So again, I literally fell into a business <laughs> of, of eyelashes. That's what sounds like it. So you were doing eyelashes like in your kitchen and you ended up with celebrities in your kitchen. Like you, that's <laughs> not a story you hear every day. No. <laughs> so you definitely must be good at applying, yeah. at, at applying eyelashes. So I know, you know, eventually you ended up getting your own studio, the lashes mm -hmm. and everything. Can tell us a little bit about that journey? Well, eventually when I was doing the, you know, uh, Brandy, Serena was Tweet. Also, Tweet was one of those early on people as well. Women who come into my kitchen, fabulous with her little dog in her purse, you know, sort of thing. And this is early, early like 2000s, maybe. Um, and uh, I would, everywhere I go, I would, you know, hand out a card. Um, the gas station, tea shops. I went and when I was in Los Angeles, I didn't know many people here. A lot of us moved out here since um, right after 9-11 happened. And um, I wanted to be around people that I knew that fit my personality or fit what I love. So I would go to those places in Los Angeles, you know, learning the, the you know, navigating here in Los Angeles. So I would go to like coffee shops and tea, tea shops and and gyms and meeting women at the gym on the treadmill, things like that. So early on, I met a woman at, um, I think it was at a, at a boutique or something. And she says, why don't you come to my, she started coming to my kitchen doing, getting the lashes done. She goes, why don't you come to my spa and do lashes? I'm like, ah, I'm back and forth to New York. I'm not sure if I'm going to be here. I don't want to be at a nine to five. I just kind of thought that was the thing, you know, being a model, you just, have sporadic hours. You're not a you're not a set hours unless you're on a set catalog job or a job or something like that. Um, so I was like, ah, oh, all right, I'll just do it. Just Mondays only. That's it. Mondays I can just do, you know, a couple of people. And she goes, I'll give you a free room. Don't worry about paying rent. Just come in, do my lashes because all she cared about was getting her lashes done, really. Wow. <laughs> and um, so I end up being at her spot. Today, her spa is called Kate Somerville. She's a BMI. She's a famous skincare professional, mm -hmm. um, esthetician. And um, I just did lashes there. I didn't do facials or anything like that. I said, I just want to do lashes. That's it, you know? So I um, 
was at Case Merville in a little room downstairs. Um, and everyone, she's like, I'm gonna get everybody to come here. So the first person, of course, when she was touching everything was Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton came and she, the first thing she says, don't F up my lashes. I don't wanna say the word. And I was like, girl, don't worry about this. I got this, you know? I was nervous, so nervous in my skin. And I'm like, wait, what am I nervous for? I do Brandy and Serena. Why am I nervous because this chick? You know what I mean? So um, she loved him. She loved him so much. This girl, everywhere she went, she talked about me. She talked about me in People Magazine. And at that time it was something called the Daily Candy. It was like basically um, the Bible for everything, products and beauty and everything, you know? And my list went from six month waiting list to an eight month waiting list, to almost a year. So Paris mentioned me, that was the catapult um, with, along with, you know, Brandy and everybody else to Naomi Campbell, to Sharon Stone, to um, Steven Spielberg's wife, Kate Capshaw, to, I mean, these A-listers were coming from out of the woodwork to just to have me put these eyelashes on them. And then later on, that's when overseas, I hate to say this, but in China, they kind of manipulated because they saw what was happening in Hollywood. They start altering and changing the product and to make it so they can make the sales, of course. Um, at the time, I tried to patent the service, um, just be from my, you know, my high profile clients who were attorneys and they did this on movie sets and they did this for a living for a lot of other people and products. And also with Kate Somerville trying to patent the, the service, I couldn't, you can't really patent a service. That's be a product, you know? So I really tried early on to figure that out because it's too general. Um, so I just made a way to um, have myself and my process um, proprietary and stand out beyond anything else. We knew, I knew at early on, this is going to be, this is going to catch on, you know, it was going to be on every corner, just like a McDonald's, <laughs> you know, I knew early on it was going to catch on. So that's the early stage of me starting the pile of lashes. Um, I'm still, you know, until the quarantine happened, until the uh, COVID happened, still had a waiting list up to three months um, and eventually moved my, my spa um, out of my little area, whatever, out of Kate Somerville. After being there, I graciously thank her for the start of my career into a spa environment. And she, she had a Medi Spa. So the Medi Spa gave me early on um, knowledge of, of running a beautiful, well done spa. And I moved in, into Beverly Hills on my own in 2005, or no, 2006 or seven. I think it was six or seven. I moved to my own spot in Beverly Hills and been there ever since. And um, I moved again um, recently in the last two years because they were closing down my, my first building that I moved into. But I was scared to death. I was so afraid that no one was gonna come and you know get lashed out. And I remember meeting this woman next to me and I was in a, a salon suite. It was an early on salon suite of Salon Republic at the time. And he, you, had to, had to, you had to know somebody to get in. in LA, you gotta know somebody to get in anywhere here. And early on this woman, she does brows, her name is Karen Scott Cosmetics. And she's like, girl, don't worry about it. Um, me and her became so close. She goes, and she actually was at Kate, at Kate Somerville down the hall doing brows and everyone going to her for years. So she, she is like Miss Los Angeles. So she told me and kind of schooled me on how things work and everything here. She goes, you'll be just fine. And she moved in um, because of her, which is Kate Somerville, 
starting off. And then also Karen Scott, who actually referred me to move next to her um, in this building where they had a lot of um, different uh, beauty services in this one building is a salon suite, as you people probably know today. Salon Public is the first um, to um, have that business concept for businesses within a business, and it's all beauty, beauty related. So because of Karen Scott and Kate Somerville is my first move to Los Angeles, how it kind of expanded my career in eyelashes. Awesome. So I know you said you took your the esthetician course when you were in New York, but you didn't think you would do anything with it. Now, I know you started practicing on yourself and then you started helping other people. But were you trained in eyelashes or did or were, or are you self-taught? And I'm actually self-taught for my own style and own process. Um, but early on in, in school in New York City, they didn't really specify lashes then. It wasn't. um it was basically just skincare, brows, you know, it was just very simple. It wasn't specified um, specific as a niche, you know, then at the time. So recently in a lot of uh, beauty academies, they're just now bringing in um, eyelashes into the for service. So it's just recent that, um, that they're doing that. So it wasn't specified. I just went to school just to, for myself, basically because I love makeup and, and beauty so much. And I know later on, you ended up creating your own lashes. So let's talk about the process of that and, you know, adding a product line and, you know, now you have lashes and glue and all of these things. Yes. I love it. So at the time when having my salon in Los Angeles, you know, I was also doing lashes in New York and I was traveling all over the place. People, my clients were flying me to Spain, flying me first class here, first class there, everywhere just to come get their lashes done. Everyone like figure out what is this, what's these lashes that stay on? And when they caught on from Paris talking about me from being the hottest thing in Hollywood for VH1 to um, the destination place for um, Louis Vuitton, I'm in their city guide books as a, a place to go to. They have these city guide books for each city and I'm listed in these books. Wow. <laughs> so um, it was just, it's mayhem. So at the time I had HSN coming to me. Um, I had other little shopping networks at the time. It was um, shop something for NBC. It was all these different shopping shows coming to me. And um, not only just for that, but also too for my clients who people who couldn't get to me because the waiting list, I wanted to create something that almost, almost like me in a bottle or something, you know, but it, it was hard to actually do the process because some people, you know, got afraid of anything strip lashes. So I'm like, I have to create a lash that people still can get a part of the lashes brand at home. So I went on to um, working with a manufacturer early on. I learned that from Kate Somerville. She, she created all her own products and, um, I learned about the resources and finding a lab and just working with them, um, talking to people before you can talk to people on WhatsApp. You know, I was emailing people. I had to change my last name because anybody overseas, especially in China where I started, um, the quality of products wasn't there for me. So I, I researched other places um, that was better quality, like Indonesia and India had better um, silks and hairs. That's where lashes come from. So. Um, I just started, you know, trying to fill a need for clients who couldn't get to me. That's how the product started, basically. And I came out with my first lash box 
um, D lashes, but I wanted something different. I didn't want anything to look like the same ones you go into CVS or Rite Aid grocery store and you see those little lashes and a plastic thing. Um, I understand why they do it now in those little plastic little cases, but I wanted something beautiful and sexy and represent me. So <laughs> I literally um, just researched, you know, um, boxes. I've talked to um, box designers. Oh my God, it was so many different things <laughs> until I got the box that I like, and I'm still changing the looks of everything. Um, but that's how I got started with, you know, the products is just researching help from past you know, people and jobs that I had in the past. I remember getting that box from 17 Magazine and how things looked and, and what I wanted to create. And I created, you know, my first ever um, lash box with a, with a triangle on the, on the front of it um, that didn't look like everybody else. So that's what made me stand out beyond um, other lash companies that was out there. It was only, only Ardell and... Um, uh, Ardell, I think, was the only one really on the market. And um, I just wanted to stand out and just look something much more luxury than was out on the market. Hey, it's Brandy Taylor, the business coach for beauty professionals. I help beauty pros amplify their business and take more action. I am super excited to share the Beauty Pro Mastermind with you, a group for serious beauty pros who want to find ways to continue to thrive in their business, a safe place for support, accountability, and education. This group is for beauty professionals who are ready for change in their business, understanding that commitment is required to achieve your goals. You know you need to make a move, but you're unclear and need an extra push. My mission is to empower beauty professionals and equip them to achieve their goals, bringing beauty and business together through support, education, and business resources. Register today for the Beauty Pro Mastermind at IamBrandyTaylor.com and just click on Beauty Pro Mastermind. I will also include the details in the show notes. Yeah, I, I can see that. So what do you think really has contributed to your success? What has really made you stand out like how did you get celebrities in your kitchen when you started it and you just continue to build on that mm-hmm. what do you think what started to that what contributed to that I think me being the black girl like to say it you know me that black girl magic <laughs> you know honestly me is my personality it was um me staying you know I stayed in my lane I um with the eyelashes I think a lot of it is a lot of these women and, and people that I've learned to do over the years and people that you normally can't get in front of. I've done just about everyone, you know, the most iconic faces in Hollywood um, in front and behind the, the, the camera. So I think a lot of it was part of them feeling like I was their girlfriend. Um, my personality spirit, you know, I know it was I was it was me before I used to always be afraid back in the day, early on of my career. Oh, she's gonna steal that. They're gonna steal this. They're gonna, you know. I'm like, you know, I gotta get rid of that because you know what? What's what's for me is for me, and what God has for me has it is for me. You know what I mean? No one can walk in my shoes except for me. Same thing as, you know, creating a product that people can't get to me, but I want to bring a little bit of me to them was my lash product. So, I think me, my personality was was that. You know what I mean? I. I it's hard to really explain unless you understand, you know, having a relationship with people and what that means to both of you. Only you know what that what that means to each other, that relationship. So 
I would say early on, it was just, you know, just being myself. I didn't change and alter my attitude or my, my uh, personality for anyone. I stayed who I was. I don't care who was walking through my door. If it was Paris, if it was um, Sharon Stone, if it was Victoria Beckham, it, I, I, who I am. And they love that. And to this day, they still love that part. Yeah. yeah. What was the biggest lesson that you've learned so far in your entrepreneurial journey? Biggest lesson I learned in my journey, entrepreneurial journey, is actually with integrity. Have integrity with yourself. Because in this world, especially in Hollywood, they are there to take, you know, full advantage. Anybody, anybody can. But when you have integrity for yourself and boundaries set, no one, no one can take that away from you. So I made sure that um, that led my career, is having my integrity. What do you think are some misconceptions that people have about our industry, about the beauty industry, and specifically what you do? Oh, my God. Misconceptions. I would say, you know, that we don't work that hard. <laughs> that is not hard work because we're just playing in makeup or playing with products or whatever it is. But we have to learn these these mobilities of, of, of devices and products and ingredients and um, the knowledge of everything. We have to learn all this stuff to understand. So we are the expert. And I think a lot of it, they don't see the background of us, you know, going to school and or learning why a mascara glides on the way it does or serum glides on the way it does or what creams you put on first or last. I mean, they don't understand all that. So it's up to you as an expert to um, give them that knowledge. That's a misconception. What advice would you give someone that's looking to start their own lash business? Oh my gosh, do it. <laughs> but do it with passion. Do it with passion because you want to, not because you see every post on Instagram that is a lash that you should do it too, you know? Follow your own lead. You know, um, there's so many people who can't figure out what they want to do. And we're in such a entrepreneurship type trend of having a business or being a boss bitch. You know what I mean? Do <laughs> you, as they say, do you. <laughs> yes, but do it. <laughs> I would agree with that. And just yeah. and whatever it is that you decide to do, if you decide to go on an entrepreneurial journey, make sure that you do you and that you're true to yourself. And you're not yes. just doing something that you see someone do on social media. Because I think yes. a lot of times people see, well, it looks like the makeup industry is booming. So I'm going to do that. Or it looks glamorous. But like you said, it's hard work. Especially, it's a lot of hard work. Especially what you do. It takes patience. It takes great yes. eyesight, you know, yes. precision to do what yes. you do. We're artists. I started on early on. I started, I mean, people don't really understand that I've been doing this since I was like nine years old from that first box. You know what I mean? Trying on makeup, trial and error, looking pasty, looking gray, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Too much makeup, being teased in school, you know, for wearing makeup and, you know, and actually being judgmental with other people. I mean, there's so many things that people don't realize, like I've been here. I've been here all along <laughs> and just now, you know, some people now in the wake of, you know, our, our, the movement of Black Lives Matter and Black businesses and systemic racism, I've been here all along. So it's not, 
it's not an overnight thing. I just picked this up because I saw someone doing it. People used to laugh at how I was said I was going to be doing lashes. I had girls when I wanted to do a campaign at one time. And I remember like inviting other models to come to my kitchen so I can do this, these pictures. So I can have my website that I'm going to build up and everything at the beginning. And one girl, I remember my friend, Shanae, I love her death. She's beautiful. I was like, we do these lashes. Let me put these lashes on you. And I said, she goes, oh, I don't want that on my eyes. I don't want that. And I'm, I'm like, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't harm your eyes. I'll take good, great care of you. I've um, tried to, you know, educate her on the, the, the state of the lashes and all the information that she needed. And she still didn't want to do it. And it just hurt my feelings. I thought, if you're my friend, you would support me. You know what I mean? So at the time, I'm like, you know what? I got to move on fast. I can't dwell on her. I got to move on fast. And I, early on, I, I learned that. And then the next point was I was in the grocery line at... Um, a store here called a grocery store called Ralph's and I was in line these two girls it looked like my clients so everywhere I went I always talk to people and make sure I give out five cars before five o'clock I just that's what I did that was just my challenge for myself um, to build my client list um, still and that's before Paris and I would say um um no it was right at Paris at that time um, I said, hey, you guys, well, here's my card. I do these eyelashes and they stay on for several weeks and they'll look really good. And, and the one girl was like, is that what you have on? I'm like, yes, I have them on. She goes, they look so good. And her friend must have been like the ringleader or something. She was like, no, no. And they were sitting there looking at a, um, uh, a magazine, uh, one of those U.S. weeklies or magazine or something like that. And I think it was a People magazine then. I think it was a People magazine or U.S. Us Weekly. So another magazine came after People as well. And she was like, no, I was like, oh, okay. Kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not, mm -mm, not letting this go. Um, I want to say something else, but <laughs> I was like, um, check out page 64 and you'll see the lashes on that page. So they opened it up. They're like, oh my God, that's you. I'm like, yes. So I was actually happy to say, check out page 64 since you don't want the lashes. And then that geared them to want to be my clients um, then. And that was one of my proudest moments <laughs> at the time when these two females are in line, just get rush, brushing me off, you know, like, don't talk to me. And um, yeah, that was my little beauty revenge <laughs> at that time. <laughs> yes. Well, I will say you were definitely one of the first people because I didn't even start hearing about lash extensions until early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And I know you were doing them in late 90s, like 99, 98, 98, mm -hmm. 99. Earlier. And, <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, uh, and all of a sudden it was like, like this new trend, all the rave and all of these different companies were training on it and everybody was doing them. Mm -hmm. And, and, but I think like the industry has really shifted a lot and, yes. and not many people I could say have the longevity that you have had in this industry. What do you, why do you think that is? Um, again, it goes back to my integrity and my journey, my niche. I stay true to my niche you know, and as an esthetician, you learn so many different um, things to do for services to provide in your business, um, if that's what you continue to do later on. And I just stayed true to understanding the biology hair and understanding hair growth and chemo patients and medication, all these type things, you know, nutrition that belongs to hair growth. I just stayed true to what I loved from the beginning. I saw that early on that 
so many estheticians do so many things. I'm like, people are confused. They don't know what to, you know, you had, as years go by and technology gets stronger, you know, people need to be dumbed down <laughs> to what they, if they're coming for a service, what they need, because half the time they don't know what they need. You have to explain to them what they need. So I think me staying true to a niche business um, of eyelashes have kept me in the game long-term. Great. Thanks for sharing. I'm glad you pointed that out because even like, like you said, as an esthetician, you could do many things. You could do skincare extractions, all these things you could do. And, and some people find it hard to really narrow it down. And then mm-hmm. even with cosmetology, they're licensed to do pretty much all of that. They can do everything. hair and nails and everything. Yes. And they think, and, and oftentimes they feel that they have to do everything. Beauty professionals oftentimes feel that they have to do everything because they're afraid of losing out. But talk about the importance of that and how it really separated you from the rest, because I'm glad you saw that early on, that it was important to really just niche down into lashes, learn everything you could about it and become the expert in that thing. Yeah, I just I just say early on, I became an innovator watching the market from my early on as a nine year old, knowing what people look, you know, I remember reading the you know Vogue magazines and Glamour and Harper's Bazaar and all those type magazines and understanding how the market moves. That taught me how to um, set myself apart later on in my career. Um, too many, like I said earlier, too many people want to do too many things. They don't know. There's no passion behind it. I have true passion behind eyes. I love eyes. Um, and And to stick with that, is, you know, you get geared off. I mean, you get excited. I get excited about wanting to do other things and facials. And I created facials with the lashes. I created um, brows for a touch-up if someone comes to me to be that need for them. But they also, you know, my clients also know that I just focus on lashes. If I'm going to go to a, 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 a surgeon that just does, I don't know, cheeks or eyes, that just does, does eyes, I want to make sure I go to the best eye doctor surgeon there is. I'm not going to go to a dentist. He was probably um, trained in eyes as well, but I'm not going to go to a dentist for that. You know what I mean? So that analogy um, was the same for my career. You know, I just think being an early innovator and just watching the market, listening to people, um, what they want and infusing that into my life, into my career. You know, so, yeah. 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 So, all right. What are some ways that you had to pivot in your business, you know, since 2020 slash 2021? Yes. (laughs) 2020 slash 2021. (laughs) Ways I had to pivot in my business um, during the the pandemic. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank God I already had some things already, you know, set up. You know, actually, the pandemic has been the has been the best time in my life besides the obvious, of course, you know. I got a time to get rested, <laughs> be at home, organize, um, put some things in place. I didn't have a chance to do when I was working all the time. I was used to doing, you know, 10 to 12 clients a day, plus house calls, plus traveling, plus going on TV shows and do all this stuff. I didn't have enough time to do a lot of things. I, I had time to do during the pandemic. You know, we were all forced to shut down and not do anything and go anywhere and stay safe in our homes. So I literally, I learned how to 
code. I learned how to update my website. I learned all the things I wanted to do in my business on my own, which is a great thing. So now I know how to delegate those tasks to other people um, later on. Um, I shifted by keeping my employees engaged and creative and empowered with giving them tasks such as doing live uh, lash clashes on Facebook and Instagram. And I kept them, you know, over communicating to them that we're still here. Um, so we don't have out of sight, out of mind from people because we have actually a service of eyelashes that people don't necessarily need. They don't actually need it. They just want it because they want to look good, of course, obvious. Um, if you go deeper, people want to come to estheticians or, or me as a lash artist to be touched or to feel that that spirit again, that proprietary thing that I have that no one else have. You know what I mean? So I made sure I just over communicated to my clients. I checked in on them. I sent them texts. I offered virtual lash sessions. That was the same thing. So they still were able to support me in my business by either donating their service that they already set for the year. Um, a lot of my clients had preset their appointments for the whole year. And they would pay out their, they would just charge me. I mean, I would have to just charge their um, appointments they wanted me to. That's how they donated their, their services to me, uh, appointments to me. And then I gave, you know, online virtual lash sessions. I think, again, I was an early on person of doing that for lashes. Um, I, I taught other women who online who wanted to take classes. And I taught um, other beauty academies and lashes. Um, I was been, become an age a more of an educator to other academies across the United States. And I was able to get paid during that time. Also becoming a content creator, which I never thought I would be because <laughs> I'm behind the chair. Um, I think you're automatic content creator as a, as a business owner, you know, um, but I become a better content creator. I learned how to edit. I learned how to TikTok and reels. <laughs> so there's so many things in the, and I always said to other business owners, you don't have time to don't have anything to do. Don't say that you are bored. Don't ever say that during this whole quarantine time, you have nothing to do. There's so many things. I'm still organizing, get rid of swag from becoming a content creator out of my second bedroom that I made an office, as you see. There's a half screen over here. Um, <laughs> so I, I was, I was and still extremely busy during the, this lockdown. Yeah, so I, that's how I pivoted. Well, that's, that's great. That's great. You were able to, you know, and I think I feel the same way. Like it, I, it, it's like, it has this good and a bad, you know, everything yes. has is good and it has the bad and you just have to weigh out, you know, the two, but I feel like during this time I was able to really discover exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And it helped me to really tap into it more. Yes. And I think it pushed me to really, you know, figure that thing out. As for before, I was so busy doing so many different things. Like you said, didn't really have the time and it may yes. allowed me to slow down and get focused. Yes. So I can, I can see how, you know, you were able to really get more done, learn a little bit more and do some of those things that you weren't, you know, able to do. Yes. So, so that's great. So I loved it. I love the time being at home, actually. You know, I created Hotel Dion in my bedroom. <laughs> I love With it. A new, a new media center, you know. Me and my husband didn't get divorced from trying to put it together. <laughs> together. <laughs> so <laughs> I loved it. I love the time. And now that yeah. we're reopened again, um, I'm just, you know, implementing new things um, that I had planned for during the pandemic into my business now and have clients slowly coming back. 
um, into uh, the studio. Great. So now that you've been educating more, is that something that you plan on continuing on with? You plan on, you know, opening up maybe like an academy or any online courses for lashes or things of that nature? It's possible. Yes. I already previously had courses for lashes where people purchase, they come in per person. Um, Some people come flying in or wherever they're coming from to take a lash session. Um, It was a five hour course, a one on one with me, but it wasn't just on the lash uh, process or techniques. It was actually on the business part of this as well, that a lot of a lot of lash classes or whatever are not teaching. So I did something different. Again, I wanted to you know stand out from what everybody else is doing and still position myself as authority in the space. You know, so I made sure um, that I implemented that into the the training courses that I have. Also. I think going forward, I think I do like educating a little bit. Um, and I'm honored that people are want to come and learn from someone like me um, who's been in the industry for a while and have actual proven proof and a model, a business model that works, <laughs> you know, um, and for that staying power. So I think, yes, later on, I kind of um, have some plans to do an academy and some amazing things that actually different from what the normal people say their academy they're having. So um, yeah, I think that's in the future. Awesome. Awesome. As you should, I think that's a great thing for you to do. I mean, you have so much knowledge and you've been in the industry so long and I know you have some great things that you can share and impart on people who take your trainings and everything. But it's that. It's been absolutely great having you on the podcast. So oh, I want to ask you, you. You're welcome. I want to ask you the last <laughs> couple of questions that I like to ask everybody to come on. So, how do you define success? How do I define success is not compromising and consistency. Awesome, in anything awesome. you do, that's <laughs> in anything you do. <laughs> you have those two components in your life, you'll be successful. So what's either your favorite book or book you're currently reading right now? My favorite book that stands out for me is um, Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. That's my favorite book. And that, I read that early on in the early 2000s, but I read it again. I love that. And current book I'm not really reading right now. I'm reading a lot of articles because digital, digital right now. Um, if I do read a book is entrepreneur magazine or, or ink, <laughs> um, I'm reading that most of the time. Um, I think that's a necessity for any business owner is those two magazines. Awesome. awesome. I love those as well. Yes. <laughs> so what's either like share your, your favorite entrepreneurial advice, like for beautypreneurs, like what's the, what's the best advice you can share? Um, my best advice to share is for any beauty entrepreneur, I don't know if you're get, if getting started or existing entrepreneurs, um, I would say breathe. <laughs> I've been saying that that's been my, my whole theme for the whole year now is breathe. Um, you can't do everything. You'll get to it. And don't try to do everything. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so since you've been, you said, you know, you, you've done TikTok reels, websites, and all these things. So what's your favorite tool that you use to operate in your business? Right now, because um, 
they're pushing more people to trying to get off TikTok because that's the platform that's hot right now um, to um, reels is I'm doing better reels. I learned how to edit better. I'm learning these transitions. I want to be that that chick that change your clothes fast and it looks seamless. So I'm learning that whole deal. <laughs> um, right now, I'm just implementing, you know, all the, uh, everything related to my business and my, and my lash spa um, and Beverly Hills, just the reels to, you know, educating the client and educating people who, who what's expect when you come to do lashes. Um, my favorite tool right now is, is definitely reels. Amazing. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have anything else you want to share with us before we go today? Um, no, I would just say thanks for having me. And I, I, I'll say one thing. Yes. To share with everyone just, you know, during this time, just really dive deep into your passion and don't be forced to because you're, we're forced to kind of watch social media and what other people are doing. Don't look at other people stay in your lane, keep doing what you do best, have passion behind it and drive on it. That's it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Tell everybody how they can connect with you and find you online. Everyone, please follow D-Lashes on, on all platforms um, at D-Lashes. That's D-L-A-S-H-E-S. That's on um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, um, on TikTok actually is D lashes, Lux lashes. And on Snapchat, I'm always on Snapchat. <laughs> I still Snapchat I actually shoot is one more tool. I actually shoot a lot of my content in Snapchat because I have better felt best filters from anyone. And then I upload them on other platforms and edit on other things like that. But Snapchat, you can see a little bit more of my personal life, me and my husband, my day throughout the, you know, what I'm doing, um, the time when I wake up and I open my shades up, things like that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm on all social platforms from LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, of course, um, at D Lashes. And um, oh, and also please download the D Lashes app um, at on your Apple or, or Android phone. That's D Lashes, D L A S H E S, or on our website, dlashes.com. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I'll make sure I include all of that in the show notes. Deion Phillips, everybody, make sure you follow her. As always, stay great, and we are out. Bye. Yes, thank you for having me. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also, connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also, email us at bb networkpodcast at gmail.com you can also connect with me on instagram at i am brandy taylor and at exquisite looks we're also on facebook and twitter at exquisite looks and you can check out my website at exquisitelooks.com i really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon remember that all things are possible if you only believe stay great